Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We are your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, October 14th, and we are just four games down into our preseason. We're edging closer and closer to finally arriving at the regular season. What's going on, Al? What's going on, man? What's up, bro? So in today's episode, we are going to talk about um, so far, the, the last four games, primarily focusing around that really big, massive Memphis Grizzly win. Um, but before we get into that, um, I want to touch base on some of the comments that came out of the ringer and their rankings in regards to uh, the top young cores um, in the NBA. And we'll talk about where the Orlando Magic fell there. Um, we'll also talk about some of the ESPN's ranking of their prediction for the Orlando Magic. Um, and then we're going to start off with talking about the leak Orlando magic city edition leak it has not been released yet by the Orlando magic, but in prime fashion, these things always come out way before um, the official release. So let me start off with initial thoughts of the city edition. So if you haven't seen what they look like, these jerseys look like they were a mix of, if you were to take downtown Orlando, and take Black Panther and you slam it together, this is what you, in my opinion, this is what you would get. You would get these uniforms, right? So what what were your initial thoughts on the jerseys? Um, They're not bad, I guess. We, we've been preaching and, and wanting the magic to do something different for a while. That's been our thing, like switch it up. We don't want orange. That has been said orange multiple times. It is gone. Orange is gone. So for those that didn't like the orange, that's gone. The issue is, and I think I heard Terrence Ross mention this today um, in the episode that he was in with Six Man Show. So he rem- it reminded him of New Orleans. It reminded him of like yes, something the Pelican- the Pelicans have done in the past. And yeah, the font does remind me of that. Um, but other than that, man, like I-, I don't also like the blue that they chose. It's like a navy blue, Darker. like a really dark blue. I don't know how that relates to the Magic or to the city of Orlando. Um, so we're going to have to wait for the team to come out with the release when they explain what everything means in the jersey and how it relates to the city. But my take is it looks better on because we saw somebody did a graphic of Paolo Bancaro with the jersey on. And I'm like, actually, doesn't look that bad. But I will also say on that graphic, the font, the Orlando name was, was a lot bigger than it was on the jersey. Crazy, um, which, crazy the difference. that, that does. Yeah. So if they have it with the, the larger font, it will definitely look nicer. Um, what we saw as the leak, the font, the wording of Orlando was very small. So if they can fix that before they release it, I may be okay with it. But just a lot of confusion on my end. Like I don't know what the colors mean. I don't know why that font, although we know it's related to downtown Orlando. But what about you? What were your thoughts on, on the leak? Um, so initially when I first saw it, it confirmed we we knew we weren't getting orange this time around. We knew that they were the magic were done with it and we're kind of moving forward. Um, I think the leak did absolutely no justice to these jerseys. 
I do, I will say that the leak was a massive upgrade than like the NBA 2K leak said that we normally end up finding out what the jerseys end up looking like from. Um, but it, it, it didn't know no justice. Yes, it, it looks like a little bit of the new um the New Orleans theme in the front. Um, I think I, I saw Steve uh Steven from the Close Up Magic that he's one of the first ones that also said it. I thought it as well. Um, but it reminded of the 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 lettering from Church Street. We're kind of thinking that that's kind of where the inspiration came from, the Church Street uh, font that they use. The, the one thing that really threw me off is the fact that the font of Orlando is Church Street, New Orleans, but then the number is still like the Orlando Magic font that they that we have, yep. right? So to me, that kind of threw it off because it didn't, like it didn't match, like that part looked weird, right? But again, the leak did not do any justice in the leak if you didn't see what the picture looked like. It looks like a store already had like a bunch already on hangers and they took a picture of the front and the back and somehow it it got it got out. Um, but yes, the the Photoshop that we saw um, with Paulo actually wearing that we posted on our social media looks so much better, like so much better. Like I looked at it, and I'm like, whoa, OK, these are dope. So when I said earlier that it reminded me a little bit of Black Panther is because it the, the jersey's kind of textured a little bit. Um, there's also like black pinstripes, so we still like held on to the pinstripes on there. You really didn't see too much with the leaked photo, but you clearly see it a lot more um, with the Photoshop picture that we saw. And to me, it kind of it kind of stands out a little bit. I wish that, yeah, the, it, like I, I wish that it was more Orlando Magic blue than like a navy blue font. Um, but I think that once people actually see these jerseys on the court, that people are going to be way more impressed. It went from me seeing the leak and saying. Yeah, I'm not buying these to seeing, you know, what they would look like on a player. It's kind of like these aren't that bad. I really I do really hope that the, the Orlando font is a lot bigger because in, in the leak photo, they it, it did look really small. <clears throat> now, uh, we we did a poll and of a poll of about 700 people collectively. Forty six percent of the people said that the jerseys fire. 54 said that they were trash. But I think I think I think again initial initial reactions um it's going to look a lot better for sure. So hold on. If you if you've already lost hope, hold on just a little bit longer. Let's let's see first the the actual release from the Magic and two the marketing behind it because they always throw out some type of marketing when they do these releases. That's why leaks suck. Leaks should never happen. And I feel bad because we're we're kind of a part of that. But at the same time, it's already out there. What are we going to do? Not talk about it. It's kind Thank of you. it's kind of what we do. And unfortunately, we fall into that. But the leaks suck. It it, it should always come out with the story behind it because the story behind it, you know, allows for certain things to be explained and have a little bit more meaning. Exactly. But like you said, I think uh, for us, we got to wait and see what they will look like on and what they will look like on actual professional photo shoots and things like that, rather than just some random Correct. rack somewhere in, in the yeah, world with the, with the security tag still on it <laughs> come on now so i mean uh, i think that will look nicer than what we think but i will say also it looks very similar i feel to our current black jersey like i don't know it's not it's pinstripes except the name orlando is different but i don't know I, I i was hoping it would be something a little bit more unique more different um yes but because- now I, w- I will say that the orlando font is way better like a million times better than the first original orange city uniforms that just had the ORL. That was terrible. Oh, for sure. That was the worst. 
that was stop it. Let's never do that again. These are definitely I will say, from those. I think we need Nike to to get more serious about what they're doing with the city edition. I feel like sometimes they they hit a home run, which they did a couple times with the orange, right? They kind of throw back feel to it, except they wear an orange. But other than that, like it, it, I feel like I don't know, there's not enough thought put into it, and fans look look forward to it. Like fans look forward now to this thing. It's it's something new. A few years back, they launched this. But now we're looking forward to it. We want it to be kind of unique, kind of representing of our team. And sometimes they fall short. But what can we do, man? Nike can do whatever they want. Yeah. And and we've read a lot of the comments. People were like, well, why don't we just, I don't understand why they just don't go with the throwback. It's not the way the City Edition jerseys work. Can't yeah. do the throwback. It has to be something different. It has to also be approved by Nike. I don't know the rest of the logistics, but I know that that's the gist of it. Um, but I think that once he's officially released, that we're going to end up doing a ranking of all the city edition jerseys, just to kind of, you know, kind of set in stone of what we think goes where. Yeah, it's a good idea. <clears throat> all right, can we talk about the games? Let's do it. Uh, enough with fashion, man. Let's talk about the games. So um, we never got a chance to really talk about the first game from Memphis. So let's talk about the first preseason game, just because it's the first one. We got our ass beat, right? We got whooped and well, well deserved because they were a good basketball team. I, I, we actually did get a chance to talk to talk about it. But the reason why this is important is because we got to play Memphis again. All right. So after that SB from Memphis, we got a game against San Antonio. We won 102 to 99. Really good game from Wendell Carter scored 20 and 10. Um, Franz debut after not having him the first game against Memphis, he dropped 12 points, three assists and two rebounds followed by the next stop in Texas against Dallas. One, what was it? 118 to one Oh five. Is that 118? Excuse me. 110 to one Oh five. I'm blind. 110 to one Oh five. Um, this is where we got a really good look at Luca. One of the things that really pissed me off about that game is that Luca looked like he was having way too much fun. Yes. he did. Like every, everything that he was doing, there was like a grin like a crappy grin. And that's exactly what you want out of your star player, but I hated seeing it. Like to him everything was was a toy. The crazy passes that he was doing, you know, it was it was driving me crazy. But um Bancaro had a really really solid game, 19 points, 5 rebounds. Terrence Ross was 16 points, 5 rebounds. Um and the Magic came back from a 21 point deficit. So it was really fun to watch the team kind of fight back on and be able to get that win against Dallas. And then the the home opener for the preseason, the first Magic game um, of the season at Amway, um, was we we got a chance to be able to kind of go back at Memphis. Like, all right, y'all y'all whooped our ass, and 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 we didn't have Franz. All right, it's gonna be different because now we have Franz, and man, it, it really was different. Like Franz is, you can tell that everything clicks so much better with Franz. Franz is clearly the glue of this basketball team. Um, ended the game with 14 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, but really made some really big plays down the stretch. <clears throat> Paulo had another solid game, 17 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. Wendell is a monster. Uh, we're, we're talking about a, a three-headed monster with Wendell, Franz, and Paulo. Wendell had a really strong game, 18 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Terrence Ross had a, str- a strong game. And then we saw some life coming from Bobo like yes we did it's it's one thing to be winning it's another thing for everything to be clicking but the fact that you had a player that really looked throughout the stretch that he was scared to shoot the ball 
that was really second guessing everything. He really got some confidence under his belt. But what were some of the thing, the the major things that you took away um, from that game and from you know what we've seen so far in the preseason? I mean, the, the one thing that comes to mind right away is the, the fight in this team, which we were known for that last year, too. Like, we would fall down 18, 20 points, and some way, somehow, the fourth quarter would come, and we'd be trailing by five. And we actually made it interesting. And many nights, unfortunately, last season, we would end up losing those games, but they were fun to watch. This year, San Antonio and Dallas were games where the starters kind of were not up to par. Big leads kind of uh, escalated against San Antonio and against Dallas. But the bench and the third, the third stringers fought hard. They came back and they helped us stay in the game and also actually come into the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and win those games. Uh, Mo Wagner was huge against Dallas. Uh, I remember saying, like, you know, this kid's going to get rotation minutes because he's playing you hard. You already know it. And he's, he's, again, he's earning it, right? That's what he does. And then you talk about Memphis. Um, got the chance to attend that game in person. Uh, I think I tweeted a few times on our, on our HQ account how electric that arena was. And to be a preseason game, like my wife kept looking at me like, why are people caring so much? Because she now understands the whole point that these are just practice games. And she's like, why are people so excited? The arena was, I wouldn't say completely sold out, but it would, I would say maybe 85% sold out, which for a preseason game is a lot. Apollo effect. But, but not only that, it's a Tuesday night. Kids are going to school. Usually in Orlando, that means that the arena would not be as full. The crowd was electric. We heard about it from Dante. The players talked about it. So it wasn't just me imagining these things. Um, but yeah, man, it was a fun game to be a part of. The team played so hard. That first quarter had to be one of the best quarters the team has played since the rebuild kind of started. They just came out on fire. Um, and a big reason why was Paolo. Like he kept demanding the ball, he kept attacking the rim. He was making shots. He was going to the basket. He was hitting threes. And I think you tweeted this asking, how do you want it? And that became a thing for me now. Like I'm putting the hashtag now, like how do you want it with Paolo? Because he is showing that strength that he showed at Duke of getting it done any way that you want. He can score inside, mid-range, outside. And uh, it was fun to watch. But the man of the, man of the night, in my opinion, was Franz. This kid showed again his potential. So he got the chance to run point guard quite a few. He was a small forward, but kept bringing point the ball Franz. up. Point France is real, man, and, and, and he showed it. This kid is composed, and what else can I say about that ending? Him just taking that, that ball out of the inbound, 30 seconds left, step back, nailing the three, and then a few seconds later, going back and stealing the ball cleanly from John Morant. Like, it was incredible to witness. Um, so, if anything, a great momentum win for this team after being spanked by the same Memphis team a week ago. Um, I cannot say enough things about this team. I mean, they, they play so well. Also, really quickly, Caleb Houston had an amazing night. Yes, sir. This kid hit shots, which he needs to do that. But more than that, he rebounded the ball well, made all the little plays in the third quarter to keep keep us in with possession of the ball. So very impressed with what he showed, um, being a rookie that we were not expecting much out of. Wouldn't be surprised if this is earning him so minutes on some games when, hey, somebody's in foul trouble, you can depend on him. What I loved about the game the most is the fact that you know they they really like it's not that the Magic were winning and John Morant wasn't playing any he was on the floor like they were playing their starters their starters played like thirty plus minutes like they, this was a this was a fight it was about you forgot that it was a preseason game why is the arena so packed Tuesday night in a preseason why that shouldn't happen. 
but it did happen. Apollo has that effect. But the way that people were reacting at the game, you were live. I was watching from home. You can still feel the energy. Like this is a reminder that, all right, this is, this is what we need to be able to play on a consistent level. And they have the ability to be able to do that. My only ask ever about any of our basketball teams was that I want our team to be respected. It's all I can ever ask for, right? Memphis whooped our ass their first preseason game. And I'm sure that they came into Orlando like it's a preseason game. It's going to be easy. You know, forget, forget the magic, right? It's going to be walking the park. And they got here first quarter. We punched them in the mouth. They got smacked. And it's a reminder now that now Memphis is leaving one of the best teams in the NBA, one of the best young cores in the NBA. They left Orlando knowing that the next time that they come to Orlando, next time that they play Orlando, that damn, we need to be on our A game because if we're not if we're not hitting on all cylinders, it's gonna be a problem. Because that game that they played, they were playing, they weren't holding back, they were not not trying. They were trying, they were playing. The coach was coaching, and they still couldn't get it done. Franz, man, how I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. Twenty-one years old. How is this kid twenty-one years old? How? It is, it is insane. The the one, the maturity of basketball that he plays, to the IQ that he plays, the fact that he's literally able to do everything on the court is still unbelievable. It's a crazy way to kind of like think back and remember like, damn, like last year we were legit saying, you know, I can't believe the magic just did that, bro. There there was this player available. There was that player available. Why that? Like, why do we always do this to ourselves? And right now it's looking like Franz is easily the best player on the team. Easily by far. I mean, think about it. If you were to tell me that, hey, draft night. 18 months from now, you're going to have Jalen Suggs barely playing, injured, and France will be now considered probably the best player in the squad. How likely will that be? I would probably would have laughed at you and be like, I don't know, very unlikely. And I mean, this kid has turned out to be probably our best draft pick in recent memory. I mean, yeah, since we drafted J.I., Mo Bamba, like you can go through the list. He's the best one so far. Um that's impressive. Maybe Paolo t- takes the cake. Let's see how he does. But I mean, this kid, like you said, the maturity level, he can do it all. Like That's not a thing that he's bad at. If you think about it, he can shoot, he can defend, he can dribble, he can score inside. He can. It, he's only, like I said, 20 years old, 6'10", 6'11". It's impressive. Now, I want to I want to touch base a little bit more because I, I don't want this to go unnoticed. I know I know if you're not a fan that you're not you're not gonna like what I'm about to say. But I feel like Bobo deserves a little more attention. Like a little, like a little bit more for a couple reasons. One, he had he had a solid game. So what's crazy is that you have other players that have solid games, right? Caleb Houston had a solid game. Terrence Ross had a solid game. Bobo went he went viral, right? Trending immediately. We talked about this a few episodes back that he has that that factor that People want to see him succeed. And when he does well, people want to talk about it, right? He was really active, like really, really active. And he was talking about in his, in his, um, you know, post interview that, you know, the team, they, they instill that confidence in him. 
And I feel like we were we were really able to finally see that because the team was always talking about he's able to do this and he's he does that. And we we didn't get a chance to really see that. We got a chance to see it against Memphis. That shot that he had, that corner three, it's a reminder, like, dude, nobody is going to block you. You shoot that. Like, we want you to shoot it. No one's going to be upset that you shoot and you miss it. We just want to see more of it. And it's like, dude, what if what if this dude really, really, really finds a way to crack the rotation? We joked about it before, right? Like, yeah, he's 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 going to be on there. Yeah, why not? What's the worst that can happen? But what if he really does? This is preseason. But what gives me optimism is the fact that this is this was a different type of preseason game. And if he's able to get on the floor and make an impact, I don't care about the stats, man. I don't I don't care if he averages five points a game. If he's able to get on the court and make a immediate impact, it's gonna be the way that this this dude is able to to really find a home here. And I think that we might be on the way to that. I mean, like you said, he he's instantly become a fan favorite. I mean, from the point that he checks into the game to the point that he's just doing little things out there, rebounding, blocking a shot, shooting a three, fans care. You can see, you can feel the excitement in the arena when he has the ball. And it's the same thing in social media. I mean, I remember the days when he was with the Nuggets and I would see all these highlights being posted by all these social media accounts like about Ball Ball who just scored, I don't know, 12 points, five rebounds. But just the way that he does it, it's so unique, right? He's a seven foot, what, what is he, seven two? Playing like a guard. It's something you haven't seen. I mean, we know for sure there's a rookie coming in next year's draft that plays in a similar fashion, and he's got the NBA going crazy already. So if Paul Ball can be a tiny bit of that for us off the bench contributing, that's going to be huge. Um, and I will say it. I said it on Tuesday night, which actually, let's talk about that for a second. I think it's later on coming in as a topic too, but Mo Bamba didn't play in the second half. Nope. Paul Ball did. Um would you be surprised if some of the minutes that go to Mobamba go to Ball Ball at some point during the season? I, I think they're I think they're two separate players, bro. It Mobamba's the center. Uh Bobo, Bo, he's he's a wing. Um, I, I did find it surprising that he didn't play the second half. At the same time, it's preseason. There's a lot of experimenting going on. So I'm not too worried about it. I think that I, I can't see a I can't see Mo Bamba not not playing regular minutes when it comes in into the actual physical season. I think he's he's an anchor that an anchor that you know most would rely on. Um, I, I don't I don't know I don't know I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm I'm still nervous about you know the 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 decisions that the Magic are going to have to make when it comes to really coming down to to get to their final roster. I'm really really rooting for Devin Kennedy that. You know, came out the first couple games, lights out, making an impact as soon as he hit the floor. But but who knows? But I, I love the experiment. Like one of the experiments that we got to see was Terrence Ross starting the last three games. You know, against the Dallas game, uh, Jalen Suggs suffered, you know, left knee capsule sprain and, and bone bruise that occurred from uh, what looked like a hyperextension from a push from Spencer Dinwiddie, right? So you know, Jalen Suggs, it was reported that, you know, he was able to participate like towards the end of practice with some shooting drills. So we don't know how long or how far out he's going to be. Um, but for the meantime, no Jalen Suggs, no Gary Harris. I'm a okay with Terrence Ross starting 
right now. I really like the way that the team looks. He forces teams to respect him at the two. I think that if you were to compare like Terrence Ross and Gary Harris, like who would you be more fearful of like from behind the arc? I think on, on the offensive end, I would be more fearful of Terrence Ross. I think he can do more. He's more dynamic. And he can also do more things. He can shoot a three, but he can also pump fake, go to the basket, and just dunk on someone. That's just what he does. But I will say Gary Harris gives you that presence on both ends. He can shoot a three, but he can also guard the best guard on the other, on the other team uh, and do it really well. So I still think, I think you've been calling this all along. I think once Harris comes back, if he is healthy and ready to go, I think he is a starter. If we're trying to win, I'm going to keep emphasizing that because if the Magic are trying to be just another developmental year, let's see how the young guys develop and this and that, we may not see him starting. But if they're really trying to go for the playing tournament, they're trying to really make the playoffs, you got to start Gary Harris or maybe even Terrence Ross because they make those other starters. So Wendell, um, Franz, Paolo, way better because the defense has to stay honest and, and guard those guys. Jalen Suggs, as much as I love him, not so much. What's going on, Magic fans? The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking about touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, so so what I what I love like Terrence Ross has to be like mad hyped about Paolo Bancaro. Just because Paolo is not afraid to bang down below. Like he's not afraid to to body people up and really like off- be offensively aggressive in the paint. And that's only gonna it's gonna collapse the defense and allow for way more um open looks from behind the arc. And if you have Terrence Ross, like ima- imagine Paolo like grabbing a rebound like he did in Memphis, backing it down, and then he sees a Terrence Ross in the corner of eye. We already know that he's a great playmaker, so he's gonna be able to find a way to get the ball to him. But you like you you have Franz on the wing, Terrence Ross on the ring on the wing. So you have so many lethal options. And the magic have size. Someone had pointed out on social media, and I can't remember who it was, but um, they were talking, they were showing a play of, you know, Wendell Carter and Paolo Bancaro doing a pick and roll, and they were able to, like, penetrate it and then dish the ball out to Franz Wagner. And you got so many different sizes out there that it's going to really make, um, you know, these mismatches so difficult for these teams to be able to operate on both ends on offense and defense 
that it's it's a reminder that people are going to have to take us serious. What I don't I don't care about like right now I'm not worried about our record. But what I am expecting is for the Magic to be able to go out there and and fight and force teams like dude if y'all if y'all if y'all aren't on your A game, this is a team that can really do damage and you got to respect them. 100%. And I mean very quickly back to the Mamba, to the Mobamba thing. I think what to, to keep an eye on is the fact that mostly has said multiple times accountability is a thing this year with a team. If you keep making the same mistakes, we're going to hold you accountable. And I think just connecting it to the Terrence Ross situation, Ross seems happy. Ross is being productive. He's being efficient. So why mess with that? In the last three games that he has started, we've won those three games. I know it's preseason, yep. but the team looks good. And wins a win. And let me ask you this question. So with that, with that being said, so mostly it's big on accountability. Ross is doing well. Do you expect Terrence Ross to be the starter on opening night Wednesday coming up here against Detroit? Do you think he is going to be that shooting guard um, for the Magic? Yes. I think so, too. I, I mean, I, I don't see why you would mess around with that. Um, keep you it going. Exper- you experimented in preseason. The experiment was a success. Exactly. I think we we got used to like right right now with so many injuries, like Terrence Ross has to be your guy, and we we got used to like having him as as your microwave coming from off the bench. But uh, he's a baller, man. You you put him. You you know what to expect. the The starting unit they're gonna need you know a veteran in there as well to be able to help and support. And I couldn't think of a better person. Terrence Ross needs to start at that two spot. So what do you say to those people that say that actually starting Terrence Ross is a tanking move? I saw it on Twitter today. I don't know who said it. And I'm like, what? Like, how does that connect? Um, I, I, I don't make sense of that comment just because, again, he allows France to create more, Paolo to create more. And to your point earlier, fourth quarter against Memphis, they were making a comeback and actually I believe it was tied or they were ahead at this point. You had Paolo backing down a smaller defender. He spotted Terrence Ross in the wing. Quick little pass. Terrence Ross ended up getting fouled on a three-point attempt. That gave us a lead again. To your point, those are the type of things that the defense has to stay honest. They got to guard him. They got to guard him face-to-face. They cannot just say, oh, Ross is over there. Okay, let me let me just uh, forget about him for a second. You got to guard him. I, don't, I cannot think of anyone else on this team. Maybe Gary Harris when he's healthy that can provide that to the young guys. The young guys need that guy that can def- draw the defense and create some sort of spacing for them. So like you, I agree. I think he will be the starter come opening night uh, at, the two, at the two. Okay, so let's say that you don't start Terrence Ross to play devil's advocate. You're going to start RJ Hampton. You're going to move Franz to the to the two and then bring Powell to the three and then Mobamba to the four. No, that, to me, it, it doesn't make sense. Okay, let's say that you go that route. Terrence Ross is coming at the 10-minute mark. Like only a couple minutes are going to exactly. go by before you bring him back in. So it doesn't make sense. I was going to say that? the who other thing that? they, who said it? I have no remember. idea. I read you it this morning. It. You remember? No, no. I really read stop it this it. morning getting ready for work and I have no idea, but <laughs> let me say this. That's another thing. You may see Terrence Straw starting, right? And then he comes out at the seven minute mark to be sure. ready to play, to play with the bench unit. So, again, tomorrow, mostly said today in his conference uh, with the media, that um, tomorrow will give him a little more of a look as to what he's trying to do during the season. So let's see what tomorrow's rotations are actually. We're recording Thursday. 
Friday going live, tonight's game against the Cavs, we'll see more of a look of what the rotation may look like. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see Ross starting. We flip it some way, somehow. Maybe France goes to the two, whatever it may be. So Ross can be a part of the second unit as well. Remember, starting doesn't mean anything in the NBA these days. It just means that you're there for tip-off. Other than that, rotations will change and, and the coach will do what they want to do. So we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, so just to kind of mention it real quick, Magic did do some um, transactional things throughout the last couple of days. Magic signed Alex Morales and Jay Scrub. Magic signed Drake Jeffries and waived Alex Morales. Magic waived Drake Jeffries and signed Simi Chitu. I don't know, man. I'm not, I can't. I can't keep track. I couldn't even tell you anything about these players. I think they're good, but you know, they're not staying on. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have an explanation. I have no idea. To me, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all, but we're going to fastly pass through that. So kind of leads me into the, the <laughs> next part of our conversation. Uh, so the, the Ringer released an article ranking the best young cores in the NBA. And the Magic, drumroll, ranked fourth. We were That's ranked impressive. fourth. That's impressive. Fourth. We got recognition. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Should I do a cartwheel? Is someone going to give me a sticker? Like we got recognition, (laughs) national media recognition. The Magic were ranked fourth behind only Memphis, Cleveland, and Dallas. Question: I have a question. Why is Dallas on that list? I get Luca. Understand? I get Luca. Luca, I get. But who? Who else? Let me let me take a look at Dallas's. So I got it. I got got it pulled up. I got it pulled up. I'm looking at Jaden Hardy, 20 years old. Ah, okay. He may be good. Uh, Josh okay. Green, 21. Luca, 23. And then the next youngest after that is Frank. Yeah, I don't see it. Like anything after that is older guys. Like I, I, I get that Luca is good enough to where, all right, he's the core. Like he's the core. Right, anyone else that you add next to him is is a bonus. I get that, but what are I we don't doing? see it. Like, because to me, if you look at like the Cavs, if you look at the Grizzlies, which were the other teams that were ranked one and two, they're filled with young talent. So I I get why they will be one of the best young cores in the NBA. Where was Dallas, Houston? Where was Houston ranked? I gotta pull it up. I don't have pulled up the article in front of me. Um, I can get it real quick. While we, while we talk about it a little more, but. Dallas again didn't make any sense for me as to why they ranked that high. Um, again, besides Luca, a bunch of really unproven young guys, not really major potential per se. So I, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But let me, let me not be ungrateful. And we're we're fourth. I'm over here trying to push us to third. Let me not be ungrateful. We were at least we mentioned. should be third. We should be third. We should be third. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me tell you Houston real quick. Houston, whoa, fifteenth. Fifteenth. So who was who's fifth? Wow. I'm getting there. Let's see. So we got fifth. That makes sense. The Pelicans. Yeah. Followed by OKC. Followed by Detroit and the Celtics. And this is I get it. I get this it. This is comprising of players under the age of 25. That's right. Okay. 
Okay. So, so I mean, we got I'll some major props. I, I will say that. So, shout out to the ringer for giving the Magic some love. Because I've seen some other rankings with, with young cores, and the Magic were like 10th, 11th, 12th. And I'm like, what? This one makes a little more sense to me. I'm really surprised Rockets, they um they felt like Jayshon Tate, he's 26. They got Jabari Smith, Jalen Green. How old is Kevin Porter? 22. Oh. I'm yeah, surprised. So, All right. Yeah, they got a they got a young core. Yeah. Like not my word. Not my <laughs> word. I'm not I'm not gonna fight for the Rockets. Um so now the um uh, excuse me, John Hollinger of the Athletic. He predicted that the Magic will end the season with 21 and a 61 record, putting them at 15th in the East, which would put us nowhere near the plan. I feel this is why I read The Athletic a little bit more. So, so what do you mean? Than ESPN. Maybe not The Athletic. Am I thinking The Athletic? Yeah, The Athletic. So um, I was listening to a podcast with Sam Vicini, and he was talking extremely highly of the Orlando Magic. He's really high on Franz Wagner. Really, really high on Franz Wagner. And um, Wendell. And Wendell. Really big. And they were talking about how, you know, the Magic really have a chance to make to make noise. That it is going to be challenging, but you know, there there's an opportunity there. But I feel like ESPN. I don't, I don't like 2161. I I get the reason why. I get the reason why we haven't proved anything. We've we've had issues with health, but I, I feel I feel like the core, like the Magic are going to do well with the core. In my opinion, the core right now is Wendell, Franz, and Paolo. And to me, those three being healthy is going to be the most important piece for the Magic to do well. Right? I I think that Markel is a major major factor. But I think that Markel comes after. Oh, for sure. Just just because of the playmaking ability from those three, that they can at least supplement and kind of hold us over it until Markel is is healthy to come back. Now, I personally think that we are going to break thirty games. I think I I have a feeling that we're going to break thirty games. I'm I'm ten games higher than than the Athletic. So that's the funny part. So. You're telling us then that the Magic will actually get worse this season by drafting oh, Paolo. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like, they're expecting us, or John Hollinger in this case, expects the Magic to be worse than last year by a game. <laughs> After the fact that we drafted Paolo, the fact that we're going to get a healthy Markel all season, hopefully, uh, J.I. at some point comes back. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but goes to show you, it all comes down to who watches the Magic and who cares about the Magic because you got the Athletic, Two different writers, two different people that work for the same company, completely different opinion on the magic. One is thinking super highly of them, the other one is thinking actually negatively of them. Um, so we'll see what happens at the end of the day. I'm like you. I I I expect them to be around the 30 win mark this season. It may not be enough to make the play in. Let's see what happens. And I'm hope I'm wrong. I hope that they win 35, 36, heck, 40 games. Let's shoot for that. But to expect them to win 21, that's completely just just a joke, if you ask me. The only way that happens is if the Magic have to suffer through injuries again, which we saw what happened with Sucks already. Hopefully, he'll be back soon enough. We got lucky with that one. But there's no way that the Magic win 21 games with a healthy roster. Yeah. John Hollinger is not ESPN. He is the Athletic, so I'm just not going to listen to John Hollinger. How about 
There you go. Smart idea. <laughs> nice and easy. All right, man. So just just a couple of injury updates. Uh, Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, and Isaac participate in some drills today, which is yesterday, in practice. They seem to be getting closer and closer to returning. Markel has been seen on a slimmer walking boot. Um, I think this is going to be one of those things where we still don't know. Don't know what to expect. Just kind of wait to roll out for the season. And I would imagine that they'll they'll slowly bring these guys out one by one. I, I can't see there being like a massive announcement saying, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, <laughs> Joe Foles. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> yeah, I can't no. imagine that happening. So, I mean, the good thing is that they're practicing. They're, they're part of the drills, at least yes. shooting drills. Not moving we'll a lot, that. but doing something. Uh, we saw a video of J.I. today guarding France and, and forcing him to to uh, shoot an air ball on a three-point attempt. So good old J.I. playing good defense. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Gary Harris should be close. Um, we have the seven-game homestand coming up in early November. Keep an eye on that. I think that may be a good week to see some of these guys. Maybe not all of them, like you said. But maybe, hey, maybe Markel is back by then. That toe injury shouldn't be too much longer. Gary Harris got hurt in August. That's going to be about... Eight weeks here coming up. So those two should be close. Um, J.I., I'm not going to even think about because, unfortunately, in my mind, he's not on the team. Whenever he comes back, he's part of the team again. Um, and Jalen Suggs, we got super lucky. I know we kind of briefly talked about it, but we got super lucky. He ended up being just a bone bruise on his knee. Seems like he's already kind of shooting and stuff like that, so he may be back soon enough. But very quickly, what were your thoughts on the injury? I know that we kind of very briefly talked about it. We were super upset when we saw it happening live. Uh, but any thoughts on that? Uh, the the initial thought was kind of like, damn, like for real. Like I texted you immediately, like, yo, are you serious? Like this this is really happening. This is this is a player that missed over forty games last year. That didn't really get a chance to develop because he was dealing with these injuries. Had another surgery during the off season and then he's back, he's playing and then he gets hurt again. So the first thing is kind of like, damn, it's his knee. He really messed it up. You know how the magic front office is. If the expected time frame for him to come back is three months, they're going to extend that thing out till <laughs> six, seven months. And we're not, we're not going to see him. And then there's not really time for him to develop. And I think that that's the, that's the hardest part because he's a one player that you're really hoping that you hit on. Like, we got lucky with Franz. We got lucky. But what if what if Franz really played nowhere near what he is? Like, what if he didn't play, like, the eighth pick? Can you imagine? Right? You're relying on Jalen Suggs to be, to, to be the savior. You remember how we were all jumping up and down, excitement, and the crowd went absolutely crazy at the end when, when Jalen Suggs fell to us? Right, the Raptor fans are yo. They're laughing. They're laughing at us. They are. They're laughing at they us. Are. They all completely imagine, forgot that they were mad that they drafted Scotty Barnes. Exactly. Just imagine though, if Suggs eventually shows the flashes that he did at Gonzaga, he plays like that guard that he was, the killer guy, the clutch player. On top of us having Franz and now Paolo and now Wendell, that's why I keep telling yeah. people like I get it. This whole bust around the draft for this upcoming season. But man, we got plenty of young talent already in Orlando, and I get it. The world, the word "generational talent" keeps keeps getting thrown around with these young guys for next year's draft. 
Personally, man, I'm tired of it. I don't want to want to see this team go through that. I truly am hoping for a healthy season for this roster just because yep. I want to see what we got. But more than that, I want, I want guys like Sucks to be healthy. Guys like Franz, Paolo, Markel, because those are the key members of the team. If they can be healthy, I truly believe that 31, 32 or more wins is doable. If they don't, we're going to be here hitting March rooting for losses again. And I don't want to go through that again. Yeah, I'm already mad that I, I already know more players than I should in, in this upcoming draft just because there's so much hype around there. I understand. Yeah. But, um, you know, Mike Bianchi out of the Orlando Sentinel, he came out with an article pretty much saying that the Magic should not be tanking. Like we win banana and should not be anywhere near these conversations that we have. Like we should not be rooting for that. Part of the reason why is that what type of example are you really setting for Paolo Bancaro? Like exactly, you should be you should really be out there going to try and win as many games as possible. Now is the time to be able to create, you know, the the bad word that the magic front office don't like saying this this magical thing called a culture is important, and it's 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 something that you will carry with you. Cole Anthony's already been in it, man. Like this is his third season. Yep, like. You want you want these players to have that sense of pride, and and we don't want to take that away from them. And not only that, but coach mostly too. It's unfair to him to be like, all yeah. right, so come year four of his contract is coming up. Oh, by the way, you only won 21, 20 games. You're not good enough. We got to let you go. No, give this guy a, a fair chance. Allow him to work. We saw against Memphis how amazing that offense looked. Like it, it, it was fun to watch that game. That's what he's been working on for the last. 12, 13 months. So I don't want to waste that. I don't want to see that go to waste and, and playing G League guys and signing third stringers to yeah. come in and, and help us lose. That's not the way to do it. And, and I mean, maybe we win 30 games and that's good for the eighth worst record in the league. Hey, man, the lottery is insane. Maybe we jump to one or two with those odds. I'd rather do that than to say, let's be rooting for losses here come March and April. And then we end up dropping to fifth. And then here we go again. We had a chance to land this guy. We tanked again. And now we're drafting some random person that we don't care about. Yeah. And I think that, again, kind of going back to that Memphis game, it's it's going to be a reminder for these guys that this is what this is how we know, like the level that you guys are able to play. And we kind of want to make sure that, you know, we we're doing these experiments of of putting Franz at the point uh, you know, putting in Bobo, like we're we're messing around with these lineups, and we know that once it's game time, the 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 idea, the goal is to try to win as many games as possible. Some of the comments that we um that we got from our mailbag that we did, this one coming from Tim Geis thirteen, saying, "I'm wondering if me wondering if it means anything that Mo was benched in the second half versus Memphis." Uh, Pino Bappi 89 said, looking nice. I've said dynamic front court about five times watching these games. And then Brandon MF Dennis said two words, Bobo. So a lot of excitement that happened during these preseason games. And, you know, coming up this week ahead, we have, um, you know, Friday night tonight, the final preseason game against Cleveland. And then that's it, man. Wednesday season opener against Detroit. And I like the fact that we're playing against Detroit. I like that that's the opening game, and it's going to be in Detroit, um, but it's the fact that you're going to be able to see Paolo Bancaro, the number one pick in this year's NBA draft, 
up against Cade Cunningham, the number one pick of last year's draft. If you were to switch it, if you were if you were to have the option of having the first pick this season or the first pick last season, someone that wasn't rooting for the Magic to draft Paolo, you were rooting for Jabari. Don't deny it. I remember. I'm holding receipts. <laughs> what would you have selected? What would you have done? And I know that you would have probably selected Jalen Green, but mm-hmm. you don't have Jalen Green as an option. You have Kay Cunningham. It's tough because I think better fit-wise, I would have liked one of those guards. And I'm going to go with Kate in this case, right? Because so you're giving me as an option. I think Kate would have fit in beautifully in Orlando. And so would have, you know, Jalen uh, Green, just because now you put them next to France. And now you got a crazy backcourt with Fultz, Cunningham, and potentially France. But we have a crazy front court. That's the thing we switched. But we've always been a big team. Like we have a four that can play, you know, whether it's Wendell, whether it is Jai when he's healthy, whether it's Chuma. I feel like we had some strength and depth already uh, uh, with the bigs. What we've always needed in Orlando, I mean, let's be honest, we've needed this for years and years. And we're hoping Sucks can become that. It's a guard, a guard that can go on there and drop 20 points a night easily without too much effort. So for that reason, I would have loved to see us win the lottery last year. I mean, that would have been insane if we would end up with, say, Cade and Franz in the same draft. But now that we have Paolo, different position, he can still score and drop 20 a night, I'll take it. Um, so I, I can give you either one. I'm satisfied either way. But I'm leaning a little bit more towards if it would have been a guard. See, I'm I'm the opposite because the way that I view it is – I would have only wanted Cade, like the number one pick last season, if we knew what we had in Jonathan Isaac. True. But damn it, having Paolo Bancaro is a reminder that Jonathan Isaac is a bonus, and that bonus is coming. We don't know what we're going to get with this bonus. It can be a a bonus of $500. It can be a bonus of, you know, two mil. We don't don't know, but we're going to find out. Paolo gives us that flexibility that if it's not the Jonathan Isaac that we know, we're going to be okay. And I, I I, don't know if I would have had that same feeling, you know, in, in past seasons. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Magic Basketball is starting up Wednesday against the Detroit Pistons. And we're going to really see if these predictions of the Magic winning 21-61 and 61 are accurate or the predictions that we believe because we not only watch every single freaking game um we might may or not be biased but we're gonna see if maybe we're the ones that are right 30 plus games get somewhere close to the playing we'll find out we'll find out all right man that's a wrap for today's episode a lot of things to be excited for next time we record the magic will already have one game in the season under the under their belts and that's a wrap for us we'll catch you guys next week Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.